Welcome to Create Photography, a podcast all about the creative side of photography. This is Daniel Sig. In today's episode, I will have a conversation with New York-based photographer Nina Welch-Kling. Nina Welch-Kling is a New York City-based street photographer. Her experiences growing up as a daughter of a Holocaust survivor and a German native, her background in architecture and design, and her love of anonymously roaming the city streets with her camera all influence her photography. Okay, Nina, welcome to Create Photography. I'm really excited that you're here on our podcast today. And yeah, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So, Nina, let's start with your childhood. <laughs> you, <laughs> you grew up in Germany. Um, can you This tell is not me a therapy session, right? No, it is not a therapy <laughs> session, and I'm not a therapist. <laughs> I know, it sounds kind of funny. Um, so, can you tell me a little bit more about your childhood and how it was to grow up in a small town in Germany? How was it to grew up as a child in Germany. Um, I guess I didn't know any other place, so it was fine. I think what made my childhood a little bit different or is that we were the only Jewish family in a town of 50,000 people. Hmm. My father was a Holocaust survivor. Mm -hmm. And I think that made me always realize that I was different than other kids. Mm -hmm. So, but because I didn't know any different, I, I had a very happy, nice childhood. I mean, I went to school, I went to high school, um, I graduated, and then I decided to leave and look for places where I felt I might fit in better. Mm -hmm. Did you, at that time, did you leave Germany already or did you just leave the town, the town you grew up, grew up in? Initially, I went to Munich to study political science and history. Hmm. But after about, I think, a semester, I realized that I really, that this wasn't me. And I applied to study at the one-year program at the um, Hebrew University in Jerusalem. Um, don't ask me why <laughs> I decided to. I mean, we went to Israel quite often while mm -hmm. I was a child. The mm -hmm. program was in English. The The language program over the summer was in Hebrew. Both languages were foreign to me. I didn't speak English well, and I spoke no Hebrew. Yet I decided that <laughs> I wanted to try that out, and um, I, I lived in Jerusalem for a year. Hmm. It was challenging. Language was hard. But I learned English. And then after that, I decided that I wanted to do something creative. I always was a very creative person. But somehow that was never nourished in German high school. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had art school or art class once a week. Right. And that wasn't really something I was that interested in either. And it was also not encouraged. I don't think there was anybody saying, oh, you know, you should um, become a more creative person or maybe there's something <laughs> there. It, it would, right. It's like you should be good in math, you should be good in bio, you should be good in English, mm -hmm. but really not in, in, in the arts. Mm -hmm. And I kind of decided that I wanted to go to art school. I applied as a student at large at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. My brother was in Chicago at the time. Um I enrolled, there was no accepting because you just kind of enroll in classes. And f after a year of taking portrait cla portraiture classes, um, I think performance classes, uh, I was accepted and I actually had a small merit scholarship. And it, it was, it, I think my parents to this day, I mean, my father passed away, but at the time, like, where did this come from? And I really can't <laughs> tell you where it, it came from. Mm -hmm. And um, I 
then I studied interior architecture. Well, that's what I was mainly interested in. Mm-hmm. And after I graduated with a BFA, I went and I studied architecture. So I, I then got a master's in architecture at UCLA. And I practiced for a little bit, but I also realized that I was more interested in the conceptual part of architecture and not so much in the nitty gritty of where does the plumbing go, where does electrical mm-hmm. go. <laughs> and I was lucky. I worked in a company. Um, it was Charles Moore's office in LA, Moore Robo Udall, mm. and they did co- huge competition drawings. And I was doing watercolor renderings and. It was wonderful. I loved every every part of that. And then when I moved to New York, I got married. I had children and stopped working because I didn't really love the practice of architecture. And then I took, um, I guess I took painting classes. Mm-hmm. And then I later on rolled into photography. Mm-hmm. That's a long story. I just told you. No, no, that's a great. Well, <laughs> that's a great story. No, 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 that's wonderful. Um, because, well, and 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 they actually preempted some of my questions. So, so now that's great. Um, because I I did read that you have this strong design and architecture background, which I find very interesting. Um, I I personally love love design or interior design as well. So I thought I just was very interested in that and architecture, but. Um, but anyway, um, so just quickly going back to Germany, in a sense, um, do you ever miss Germany or the small towns or, you know, because now you're obviously living in New York City. So one of the largest, maybe most vibrant cities of of the world. um, My, my, yeah. So my mom still lives in the small town Schweinfurt. Mm -hmm. So I go back all the time. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to go back in the last year due to COVID. And that's been very hard. And I do love going back. Now I really appreciate um, the the small town, the fact that I know so many people. I go to restaurants. I still have two close girlfriends that I see from high school that we've never lost contact. Mm. And um, thanks to Skype and Zoom and we were still in contact and yeah, I do, I do love going back. Mm-hmm. It's very different. I love the slow pace. I love sitting outside and I've always, I mean, I think <laughs> rolling into why I love street photography mm-hmm. is that I always loved people watching. I think one of the nicest things about growing up in Germany or in, in, in Europe, maybe more, is that you can sit in a coffee and in an ice cream place and outside and you just let the world pass by. And yeah. I always <laughs> loved watching people. Right. Mm-hmm. And I could do that for hours. I love, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I love doing the same thing on the subway. Mm-hmm. There's right. just There's just something nice about just studying faces and people. And I've right. always loved that. Yeah, yeah, and kind of being in that anonymity, I suppose, right? Yeah, and just kind of yeah. sitting back, and it's, it's. I mean, it sounds cliche, but it's theater <laughs> of life. Mm-hmm. You know, right. there's always something right. happening, there's always people interacting, and I always thought that that was very interesting yeah. to me, and I was always fascinated by it. Yeah. So going back, I lo- yeah, I do, I do enjoy going back, it's different now. Mm-hmm. Were, were you able to go back since the since the pandemic started or um... unfortunately not okay and i yeah. also felt that it was too risky to expose my mom oh, sure. especially because sure. new york <laughs> yeah yes was just hit so hard so fast mm-hmm. yeah. that the, the fear of of infecting my mom was more than than the fear of actually going yeah 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 totally understand and kind of in the same boat i'm from switzerland originally so and i i also haven't been back i used to go back once or twice a year so anyway yeah kind of i i feel the same as you do right it's hard <laughs> it's really it is hard um so so you are you know you are focusing on street photography um you, you told me a little bit how you know what you love about it um now you know is it there are i assume there are other elements that you love about it you know and and your influence with the you know the the design and architecture that i think i see a little bit in your images as well but can you can you 
tell me a little bit more about you know your your love of street photography well i think the part that i always oh the fact that i can walk out of my apartment and there's always something to see i didn't have to prepare my kids were little I might have just an hour to go out and photograph. And and with street photography, I didn't have to think ahead. Mm-hmm. And it sounds very odd, I think, because people <laughs> love planning, but I don't I'm not a great planner. So the mm-hmm. fact that I could just walk outside and start taking photos the minute I I, I was I, I live <laughs> I live on the thirty sixth floor, the minute I would hit <laughs> the street. <laughs> Um, I, I was able to just kind of find a rhythm and it, it was also very meditative to me to, to walk out and to start walking and seeing people and, and, and be in this zone and focus on what goes on around you. I, I try to have my cell phone off mm-hmm. and, and just kind of pay attention to what's around me. And I think this kind of singular, singular focus was always something I enjoyed tremendously. But then people always ask me, so like, do you know where do you go? Like what area in the city you go to? So I, I, there is some planning involved. I will look at the weather. Mm -hmm. So if it's foggy, rainy, I'm excited. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And I actually, it's paradoxical, (laughs) a little paradoxical, but I understand. I do understand it. (laughs) I mean, I will be out at 5 a.m. I I could be seen at 5 a.m. Standing in the rain on some corner on Fifth Avenue, and it's it's there is smoke, there is rain, there is fog, and I am super excited. Mm-hmm. Um, so the weather has a huge impact on how and where I shoot. So if it's a mm-hmm. very sunny, I tend to shoot very high contrast. So when it's a very sunny, clear day, I will go midtown because I know how the shadows fall. I know at what time around two o'clock where. Um, I need to stand and what can happen. And I kind of let life go by. And there's always something interesting that I, I find. But I, I do plan and I will look I look for light. Mm-hmm. I will look for shadows. I will look for a spot where I think when a person will walk through that scene, it will make it a little more magical. Mm-hmm. And so... I was curious about, you know, you heard this expression, of course, the hunter versus the fisherman, and you kind of partially answered that to me, you know, kind of that idea mm. of, you know, do you go right. out and kind of wait, wait, or, but I mean, I guess even if you're intuitive in your approach, I guess you could still pursue either either of those somewhat cliches or, you know, whatever you want to call it. But what do you think, are you are you one or the other? What What is your approach when you... <sighs> I think I'm a little that. bit of both. Okay. So I will, I could just stand and hunt. Mm-hmm. And I can be very patient. But then I could also just see something and something something might happen. And I will just run after that person. And I could run after that person for 20 minutes. <laughs> I mean, there's this mm-hmm. one shot that people always like wow how did you do that it's this it's a man holding translucent balloons mm-hmm. and he's walking through the village and i saw him kind of and i was standing in a in a spot and i kind of saw him out of the corner of my eye and i'm like oh my god and i think i followed him for 20 minutes and i just kind of waited for him to spread his wings i mean there are some photos where the, he holds the balloons in both hands and but then i waited for him to step into some light Mm-hmm. And so it, it it could be either or, mm-hmm. but it'll shift and it'll switch and it I, depending on what goes on around me. Mm-hmm. So so in a way, it's interesting because you know you mentioned you you don't like to plan, but in a sense, right? Because sometimes when we talk about visualization and photography or pre-visualization or whatever, right? It's it's like people always think, well, you have a plan before you go out the door, but that's not necessarily the case. It sounded like with this with this particular example, you kind of had a little bit of a vision in mind. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah, I I, I would absolutely agree. I mean, I never really thought. I think with experience, and I've been doing this now for three four years, mm-hmm. I kind of know what I look for. 
So I know that to me, light always transforms the scene. And it might be a light that's fixed because of the architecture and the structure of the shot. Or it might be somebody stepping into the light. And so when I see something interesting on the street, I might walk after them and I'm like, oh, I hope they turn right and I hope Mm -hmm. they step (laughs) into a light and I hope something else will happen to make, to put, to create just a different level to the shot that makes it a little more magical. And to Mm -hmm. me, it's usually the light. Mm -hmm. I'd like to talk a little bit about juxtapositions um, and just so to define juxtapositions can mean placing two things together to show contrast or similarities. That's one definition. So, so looking at your work, it seems like this is a technique you not only mastered, but you're really applying it, you know, successfully. So can you tell me a little bit more about that? Is that, again, it's kind of related to the previous question, but is this a conscious effort or is that just something that to you now with your experience happens maybe more naturally? So the 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 duologues project mm-hmm. actually grew out of a class assignment, and so I'm I consider myself a lifelong learner, and I love mm-hmm. taking classes. So I think for the last three years I've been with this teacher Chris Christopher Giglio, and um, he teaches 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 at ICP. Mm-hmm. Um, what is ICP? I, uh, International School of Photography in New York. Oh, okay. And right okay. now they also have online class. I'm just plugging okay. them. But sure. um, he's a wonderful teacher and we would get these assignments. And I think the assignment was to create a diptych. And we looked at um, Ralph Gibson. We've looked at uh, starting through the Middle Ages at religious paintings. And I went back and looked at my work and I realized that I could categorize my work into different um, different scenarios. So there was a person with a hat. There was a person with a cigar. There was a person um, crossing the street. So, so there were kind of these um, prototypes that I then realized I could combine with another photograph to create just a different kind of story. And usually I would look for rhyming and people say, oh, do you go out and shoot rhyming? No, I basically have this collection of photos that I think are strong photos and that could be um, paired with another pair. But then I will look and say, it's almost like a memory game. I don't know if you played memory as a mm-hmm. kid. Um, yeah, I did. And so <laughs> I, I, right, so I, I turn over this one photo and I think, mm-hmm. oh, what, go, what could go with that? You know, it's mm-hmm. like in my head, I go through this or a, a Rolodex and then I go through this Rolodex of photos in my head and I think, wow, maybe this would work or this would work. And I usually will find something where I find there is a rhyming connection and I try that most of my pairs have different connections mm-hmm. so that it's not, oh, I've seen this. So I have the right. next one. And sometimes it's very clear. Mm-hmm. Like you can look at it and you're like, oh, I get it. But then there should be a surprise. Like the next one might be something like, wait, wait, what? What's the connection? And it just creates a story in the viewer's head, I hope. Mm-hmm. I hope mm-hmm. that if you, know, if you look at my work or you look at the pairs, that you, you start creating your own story. Yeah, yeah. And there's room for you to, to tell a story in, in, in different ways and everybody has their own story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And and thanks for bringing up because that was actually my next question was going into that project, which you already described. So maybe we could look at a couple of examples of your duologues and we'll link to that in the show notes as well. So it's actually on your website, ninaklingphotography.com, duologues forward slash duologues, L-O-G-U-E-S. But um, anyway, so um, maybe if we could look at a couple of those, I think the first one that that I it's just kind of the first one that shows mm-hmm. up, but my, I think that's a great starting point for what could we um so maybe I'll well, let me just do a quick description, then we know what we're talking about, but so there's this one picture with the person walking from the right to the left with a big flower bouquet, 
And then the, to the right, that's a color picture. And to the right, we have this person also walking from the right to the left with a box, <laughs> both covering their head. But anyway, I'll let you kind of take it from here and maybe tell us the story behind it and kind of, yeah, we'll be curious about it. So, I mean, that. the reason why this is the first of the series to see, because I wanted to kind of set up the expectation or not, that there is color and there's black and white. Mm-hmm. Just very simple. That that yeah. I, I am not a strict black and white photographer. I'm not a strict um, color photographer. And I feel that I can freely mix them. I don't I don't feel like I, I need to to have. So I think this is kind of the first surprise because mm-hmm. often and I've had people look at my work and they say, you know, I think you should just do color or you should just do black and white. But I always felt like I did not want to limit myself to either one of them. And I think some mm. photos work better in color and some are more graphic and they work better in black and white, at mm-hmm. least to me. Yep. So that's why this is the first of the set. But also the fact that the the um, the person is obscured. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my work is about being anonymous Mm-hmm. about you identifying with the person in the photo you thinking that could be me um or again bringing your own story to the photo i i don't feel like i i i also don't want that you can read my photos in one second mm-hmm. like i want you to be interested in 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 lingering and in i guess in times of quick social media photos yeah <laughs> it's it's and Actually, I think some of these photos will have never been on Instagram because it takes a little longer to look at them. Mm-hmm. It's not always a quick read. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so one person, the the one with the flowers in color, I saw him walking across the street. I, <laughs> I'm not sure if I ran across a red light, but <laughs> I... I <laughs> I mean... You wanted to capture him. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not, sometimes it's not good. So you were a hunter then. <laughs> I was definitely a hunter and I saw that I saw him carrying the flowers and he just kind of stepped from the this darkness into the light and I knew I had to capture him with this and I tried to have clear backgrounds. I think this is where my architecture and um, oh, sure. design background comes in that I, I like very uncluttered photos. Mm-hmm. And um I knew that I had to get him in front of this this kind of pillar side of the street. Mm-hmm. And so that that was him, and the the person with the box. Actually, I was standing there because I liked the the graphic um, mm-hmm. background of the black yep. and white, the shadow. It was a cold day; the shadows were very crisp. And he just unloaded his car and walked by. So yeah, mm-hmm. so there's a there's a hunter <laughs> and a fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's actually cool. <laughs> very cool. So yeah, so the pair is 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 really both. Yeah. There's and I think of, that right. Yeah. So I think that just kind of set up the rest of the series mm-hmm. in in how I I see the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, I love that. So we have the colors, color versus black and white. We have obviously the subject matter itself. We have even the way you shot this kind of a juxtaposition, right? We can take that step further. So yeah, so that's wonderful. Well, great. So so the other one I. I kind of went through actually all of them, but I I think they're really interesting to look at. And as I mentioned, we'll link to to that series in in the show notes. But um, because you're right, it's not always that obvious. But let's go to to the third one. That's the one with a soccer ball. Um, it's in black and white. Both are in black and white. Um, anyway, um, and we'll let you kind of describe it um, as well. Right. So. This pair is more about fragments. I, I mm-hmm. often like focusing on fragments because, again, the idea of what what does the rest of the person look like, or you know, who 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 left? Um, I guess fragments and remains. So the the one on the left, which um, was actually not was one of the very few photos not taken in New York. Um, it, it, I was standing there again. It, I thought that the light was beautiful. 
and this kid kicking the soccer ball and it just mm -hmm. lit the soccer ball and it was just the split second of the ball catching the light and and mm -hmm. and the foot and that's all you see and in your head you're you're start it's a you know he's barefoot so it's a summer right. day so you you can really feel i mean i think I don't know what people feel when they look mm -hmm. at my photos. <laughs> I mean, no idea, really. <laughs> but I felt that it, it, it just showed this kind of carefreeness. And, and mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of, I mean, it's, my photos are very tightly composed. Mm -hmm. So it's not that there is a lot of layering going on. Mm -hmm. And then the, the other shot was taken outside the Guggenheim Museum. And I love, I guess I love portraying parts of New York that are very familiar, but in a hidden way. So if you know, if you've walked by the Guggenheim Museum, you know what the Guggenheim looks like. Mm -hmm. But what you might have never noticed, and maybe you have um, for people who live in New York or visit New York, there's actually this circular pattern that that is carried over into the sidewalk. Mm. So um, I guess have, having studied architecture and Frank Lloyd Wright, I mean, he, he was interested in designing everything. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just the building. It was that the theme carried over onto the cement where you walk by. So it's kind of the subtlety of you've entered the area of, of the Guggenheim Museum. And that day there were these, either they were cleaning the street, but there were wet footsteps so it was kind of the, the the idea of people that walked by and the the kind of people were here but they're not there. Mm -hmm. And then the pairing, I mean, you can tell me why why I paired it. I well, yeah, I can tell you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so I think there's a couple things, right? Um, clearly, we, we have the footprints, so we have the foot of the kid playing soccer, and we see the footprints on the right. So that to me is a juxtaposition, but then there's another juxtaposition based on the pattern and the roundness of the ball that we see. And then even the pattern of the soccer ball itself um, that we see on the left is kind of mirrored to me to the right. That's why I, I was drawn to that juxtaposition because I just see several juxtapositions, if you will, in that in those two shots i don't know if that's what you were thinking too but no absolutely <laughs> <laughs> i think that sounds and, amazing whatever you just said <laughs> and we and, and we gotta say we did not plan that or prepare that so that was really um that's what i saw but um yeah <laughs> but i didn't feed you my information <laughs> no no i didn't no no i, I absolutely and i think what's what's kind of nice is that and th this happens often while um shooting on the streets that I might see something and I take a photo of it. And then when I come home, there is this other element that I never saw. Mm. And it's this wonderful surprise. And it makes sometimes the, the, the photo so much stronger mm -hmm. than, than what I initially saw. So, you know, you kind of, yeah. So you pre-visualize your shot. But then there's this this outer worldliness that happens. And I think that's kind of the magic of photography, mm -hmm. that it captures more than you actually saw at that moment. Right. And that right. always, when I come home, kind of makes my heart sing. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, I, how did I not see that? And this is really what makes the photo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so just... Just a quick question: um, When you when you take your photographs, do you do you tend to look at them then, or do you try to kind of wait and and just you know move on? And um... I'm a terrible chimper, I guess. It's okay, a, I, <laughs> <laughs> you call I'm it so that, guilty of that. Okay, no, no, that's fine. I, I'm just curious. I mean, it's it's very tempting with digital. I it's think, it's yeah, hard. yeah, and and I mean, sometimes you actually do miss a shot because you're 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 just kind of looking yeah. through your photos. I mean, I also I I shoot a hundred percent manual. Okay, so I I. I tend to, I, I feel like I need to go back and, and look at if my exposure, especially because I shoot in such high contrast um, mm -hmm. 
environments that I'm sure. always afraid that I, I blow out my highlights. And that's something mm -hmm. that you, you just learn with doing a lot of shots in, in, in this kind of exposure. So mm -hmm. I always make sure that my highlights are, or I try yeah. still happens once in a while yeah. that I don't blow out my highlights because once the, the highlights are blown, it's, 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 not, yeah, it's, it's, it's just not terrible. good. It's yeah, just not good. Especially in digital. It's, I mean, film is much more forgiving from that standpoint. It's kind of the opposite with film. You can, if you don't get the, sh the shadow detail, you, you, you're, not, right. you're losing it. But anyway. But yes, so. to your question, I, I do check all the time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, that's good. Well, you're, cu you're curious, right? So that's, that's totally understandable. And, yeah. and I can be very obsessive at a spot where I'm shooting like I haven't learned yet when to say it's like you know I got my shot okay. like it's time to move on mm -hmm. and I don't know if I will ever get to this point but it, it you know some people's like they know they got the shot and I, I actually find that when I feel like I got the shot I'm always disappointed when I come home hmm. <laughs> it's like when yeah. I get this feel it's like oh wow yeah I think this is this was this was this was exciting and when I come, it's like mm, I missed the focus. <laughs> it just, it's just not. It just, right. it, it just doesn't sing the same way as I thought it did. Do you sometimes, you know, some people say it's good to, you know, you have your initial kind of selection, right? That might be more the immediate one, maybe when you come home that that evening or whatever, and then that afternoon. But do you sometimes just kind of let let the pictures mature, so to say, over time, and then look at them later? And, and kind of select then as well or do you tend to be more like in the moment with your selections so there's there's almost like two two parts to my kind of selection there is this kind of coming home and oh i i should post something on instagram <laughs> and um I, I will select something i will edit it fairly quickly and and just post it mm -hmm. but then the duologues are a much, the pairing is a much slower process. Mm -hmm. And I will go back and I will say, hmm, you know, there was this shot that I think might work. And I will go back in, into my into my collections and into my files and into my Photoshop. And I don't erase a lot. I should probably erase more. But I, I do go back. And sometimes when you let it sit, there's photos that you thought initially were just not the one you selected and going back, it, it's so much better. But I think mm -hmm. you also learn, like you learn to see differently. I mean, I still learn so much in looking at other people's work that I mm -hmm. go back. It's like, wow, that was terrible. You know, when I selected <laughs> it, <laughs> like, why did I choose this? <laughs> or how, you know, or, or your editing process. Mm -hmm. It's like with every year, with with every every with time, I, I've just learned so much that. Oh yeah. I, mm -hmm. I think there is something about going back and letting some some grass grow over it. Right. And re reevaluate. Yeah. But that's a lot of work. It is. It is. <laughs> like, yeah, it is, and and you know, right, and then yeah, eventually even storage issues and other issues, right, where you have all your images. Right, because. I shoot a lot, a mm. lot of photos per per shot per per going out. Mm -hmm. So you amass so many photos. Oh yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, especially with digital. Yeah. So I'd like to talk a little bit about inspiration. So how do you get your inspiration for your photography, especially now in these you know more challenging times that hopefully are getting better again? Um, how do you keep the inspiration going? Um, yeah, I, I'm fairly, or I'm, I'm active or fairly active on Instagram. Okay. And I do find there's so many things about Instagram that I strongly dislike, but mm -hmm. <laughs> it gives you access mm -hmm. to a variety, a huge variety of photographers. So I will, for example, follow galleries that show work that I'm interested in. It might be classic black and white photography or, um, you know, I, I follow um, f 
photographers, street photographers that that are great, like uh, whether it's Joel Meyerowitz or mm-hmm. um, who post. I will also go through the internet. I mean, the internet is amazing because when you look at one photo, a hundred other photos that are similar yeah. that might interest you will. Sh- and it, it's right. it's a deep hole to to. Yes, to go it's into. A rabbit, it's a rabbit hole. <laughs> it's it's a rabbit hole, but I also find that wow, it. it I, always, I I I just recently said, and because I'm still in class, I said it is amazing how much room there is for talent. Mm-hmm. I'm always blown away by different photographers, and it, it might not be street photography in any. I think any genre, I mean landscape. Um, there's so much talent in this world mm-hmm. and there's so much room for parallel artists that have something incredible to offer so that mm-hmm. i think i'm very inspired by that but i also mm-hmm. i'm lucky in new york the museum's open so it was nice to that's nice yeah being able like i love looking at paintings i will look mm-hmm. at how a background is sculpted in a painting i will um look at sculptures how the light falls on a marble sculpture in a museum I think inspiration is almost every uh, anywhere, mm-hmm. and I'm inspired by my fellow classmates every week, mm-hmm. and my teachers, which okay. which is wonderful. That is great. For somebody who's just starting in documentary and or street photography, I was wondering if there are some tips you would give them. <laughs> my biggest. <laughs> Or the one advice that I always like to give is, unless you're outside, you will not get a good photo. And it sounds really trivial, but you (laughs) need to be out on the street and photograph. So Mm -hmm. if you're at home thinking, oh, you know, what should I photo? Just go out. Mm -hmm. Just start shooting. Keep going out. Go and try to eliminate some of the... the, um, unknowns so when i say the unknowns if if you go back to a neighborhood that you know fairly well it kind of eliminates the the kind of fear of 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 the known where should you stand so there's some comfort in in knowing your light and your your neighborhood Mm -hmm. and then i know people's biggest fear is always about getting close to people right which i guess i well, that's not true. I had a teacher who took me by the hand and said, you need to sit here, which was two inches from the person. <laughs> and I was terrified. <laughs> I mean, the person, it's Nathan Tvir. And I will never forget this. It was in Chinatown. He's like, this is where you need to sit in order to get your photos. And the fact that he actually put me there physically made a big difference. Because mm-hmm. once I sat there, nobody cared. People just kind of looked at me and, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, and if they don't want to be photographed, you just walk away. But in general, people don't care. Or, I mean, I shouldn't say that everywhere in New York City. Mm-hmm. It is very rare that I will get any pushback. But I also think I'm, I'm kind of a, I can be a very smiley personality. Mm-hmm. And if people get angry and says, why are you taking my photo? What are you doing? I said, oh, you know what? And I'm genuine. I said, I Mm -hmm. just loved how the light caught your outfit and you look beautiful. And -hmm. people are kind of like, oh, oh, do you want to take another photo? (laughs) And this is more what I get than the, oh, you know, erase it. I mean, I I do get that. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, it's fine. Mm -hmm. But people are kind of like, if you genuinely say, hey, you know what? You look beautiful. It, it lifts people's spirits, mm-hmm. as long as you're genuine. Right, right. Or, or you know, it, it really, it, it, it is, people would be amazed how often that actually happens. And people mm-hmm. say, you know, you made my day. Hmm. Yeah. And now, I mean, during COVID, we have these conversations. I'm part of the women's street photography group that anybody who wants to follow it on Instagram, it's amazing body work and Gulnara Samoylova um, has built this this world for women's street photography over the last three years. Um, people 
of course now I lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, you just mentioned the, the women's street photography. Right, Instagram. there's like a support yep. group that we that we meet up in person before COVID. Mm -hmm. But we, we all feel that people are very, usually very open to being photographed. The, 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 only, the only difference during COVID now is we're much more exposed. Mm -hmm. There's less tourists, there's le less people, and you're much mm -hmm. more noticeable. So the right. way I, I kind of altered my photography is, or was, or is, is that um, I will approach people and say, hey, do you mind if I take mm -hmm. your photo? Because mm -hmm. it's so much more obvious. Mm -hmm. So ask people. People are mm -hmm. usually very open to being photographed. I, I, mm -hmm. And really, you would be surprised how people don't care. Just right. try it. There's really no risk. Yeah. I mean, all they can say is no. Yeah, right. Right. So speaking of getting close and so forth, so I usually, you know, I don't talk about gear on, on this podcast, but I one thing I'm always curious about is the focal length, because that obviously affects how we shoot, how we approach subjects and people and so forth. So what is your focal length of choice? For so my focal length of street? choice with the crop so it's it's usually around a 35 millimeter. The 35 millimeter. So I'm okay. close. Okay. So you have to get pretty close. I'm very close. Mm -hmm. um, but clearly, I'm uh, you know, it's a personal comfort level. I'm I'm, f but this is the COVID issue mm -hmm. that people don't want you close, and I also don't love people with masks. Yeah. Just kind <laughs> of. I mean, it hides their face, but not in a good way. Right, right. <laughs> Even so, I'm all about being anonymous. This is not the anonymous I'm looking for. Right, right. Um, yeah, so a 35 millimeter to me is is kind of the sweet spot. Mm -hmm. But I've I've shot with 50 millimeter. I, I usually do not use a longer lens um, unless I want to kind of compress reflections, and I don't always mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. um, but that that is about the only time that I, I will use a longer lens or a zoom lens. Mm. But usually I just, I, and I like the, the small camera where it's quick and easy and um, yeah, yeah. You don't have to fumble with lenses. And all yeah, that stuff. I, I, and just, I actually yeah. never change my lens. Okay. I, I could have the same lens for a year on my camera and I, <laughs> I, I <laughs> it doesn't even occur to me that I could be changing a lens. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it, great. That's never. Great keeps it simple right? very simple yeah yeah so i noticed and we talked about this you work in black and white and in color um the question here is is this a choice you make a priori or after you capture the image with regards to how the image is gonna definitely a priori okay i know okay. when when it should be black and white okay i know okay. when it's more graphic I know when when there's too much clutter that needs to kind of disappear. Um, it's very rare. I mean, I'm thinking very rare that it it surprises me that I feel like it's better in and it's usually like I know when I want a shot in black and white. Mm -hmm. And if they're in color, they might be tonal, but they almost seem black and white. Mm-hmm. And, yeah sorry no 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 sorry sorry i was just gonna ask um yeah and maybe so it, it doesn't really seem you favor one over the other i think right is it just you, you just go by the aesthetic or by yeah. the ultimate yeah okay okay yeah and i do see it, you have really a i don't know if i didn't count if there is a, <laughs> what's the ratio but <laughs> we didn't do a science scientific study on it but um but yeah, no, I like, I personally do like both too. So I think it's, yeah, but it's a personal choice, I guess, ultimately. And it's, a, right? it's like, I think it's, if it adds to the atmosphere or the overall feeling that I think the, 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 the photo portrays, I, I, I don't know it's it's odd it's, there, there is no scientific, it's, it's really kind of a gut feeling of when, right. when I think, right. um, it's a it's a black and white but the black and white when i shoot them i in my head i see them black and white mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. truly when i look and i usually shoot from my viewfinder mm -hmm. 
um, I, I know when it's a black and white photo. I actually mm-hmm. see it in black and white. Mm-hmm. It, it trans and with the high contrast, it appears black and white. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so right. I right. shouldn't just say that I have magic that I see it. It it does right. look as if it's a black and white shot. As if, yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. you don't see any colors anymore. It's 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 right. light and dark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, are you working, Nina, on any other projects at the moment? The duologues, I assume, was, was kind of been an ongoing one, or maybe duologue is ongoing and will I will continue. Okay. Um, I'm working actually on a color gallery of kind of collection of street photos. I'm during COVID. I did go, and that's actually on my website. I shot more at home, and I went out shooting at night. Because I felt it was safer. Mm-hmm. For me, there are no people. Right. It was easier to stay away, but I missed just going out with my camera. And it felt safe to go out at night. Maybe mm-hmm. it wasn't safe. I mean, it felt safe. <laughs> <laughs> it was safe in terms of COVID. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how safe it was walking by myself in Manhattan at night, but I felt mm-hmm. I felt safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I might continue. I also which was interesting. I experimented with some pinhole photography, digital mm. okay. street photography. So mm. I created my own camera lenses. I mean, it's not really a lens. It's a hole in a, in a lens cap, mm-hmm. but I really enjoyed that because it was, um, it, it left a lot that you could not control. And maybe because mm-hmm. I felt there was so little to control during that time, it kind of expressed how I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I might continue doing that. I really enjoyed it. The colors, the, the I mean, anybody who, who is interested in kind of experimental photography should take a lens cap, make a hole, drill a little hole, tiny hole, and mm-hmm. just go out and shoot. Hmm. It's really a fascinating experience. So then you... So if I understand this correctly, I know I know the pinhole cameras from from film photography. Mm-hmm. But if you do it digitally, mm-hmm. so you basically remove the lens, right? Mm-hmm. Is that how it works? Okay, and you, just you have right, a, a uh, sorry, body, yeah. So you, the body cap basically exactly. You, okay, so so it. the body cap, you you okay. You just drill a hole, a tiny yeah. hole. You need minimal light, and and yeah. there are no settings, so you just go out and shoot. But it hmm. it is a very uh, there's no it just kind of is magical mm-hmm. I guess I, I always feel photography is magical but mm-hmm. that because you have no control or very little control of the, there's it's just what you see mm-hmm. or what you envision mm-hmm. it to do and it was it, so that was really an interesting um, cool. project and then I yeah so do you have and some I'm, examples of that um, on your is there are I actually there don't examples? but I can okay, okay. I don't even know if I post them on Instagram. I mean, I usually wait to have a complete project to put it on my website. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that that's fun. And then I'm working on some other projects. I always have a. I, I like working on different ideas, mm-hmm. and have kind of switch around so you don't get bored. Sure, sure. Yeah, and so so my. Ne- my next question before we're kind of wrapping it up. Um, so do you sometimes venture out of street photography, Nina? I actually do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, I'm actually right now we, well, one, which is not st- photography project, but one project I just want to mention. I, I mean, my next big goal is to create a book. Mm. And that seems to be a, task that i i don't even know how to tackle mm-hmm. but so i've been in my head that's one project that's photography related but a whole different in sequencing and how to lay out a book and right. what do you want to say in that book um i i do some portraiture i mean but that's street portraiture but just right now i actually was just shooting a single subject at home so I mm-hmm. do, but my my true love, I think, is really just 
finding things on the street. It just gives me a lot of joy and mm -hmm. is really where my heart is most of the time. Great. So, so to wrap up, um, kind of a, a final question. So where can people best find you and your work? I think Instagram is kind of okay. your, is usually the first go-to where I, I post quite frequently. Okay. Um, then my, yeah, my um, website, there's a link on my Instagram on my website. Okay. And that's that. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm on Facebook, but tr truly Instagram is, is, is the easiest. It's probably where you spent the most time. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Try well, not we'll to, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not to spend Don't tell too anybody. Much time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but, um, so that's great. Yeah. And we'll link to your Instagram, your website, of course, in the show notes, um, some of your images as well. And, um, yeah. Wonderful. Well, that was a lot of fun. I, I think, um, yeah. Thanks so much for, thank you so much for letting me, uh, clearly talking about photography is always a wonderful opportunity so yeah no that's wonderful and yeah really enjoy your work nina i Thank think you so um, much. i think others will too so so i think it'll be great and um yeah thanks again thank you have a wonderful day and we'll and stay hopefully safe yeah you too thank Talk you. To you soon bye-bye bye. all right this concludes my conversation with nina welsh kling I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And you can find her work at ninaklingphotography.com. I really encourage you to check it out. Also check out her Duologues, which is her project of juxtapositions. Really very cool and very, very great photography. And yeah, the show notes will be at danielsickphotography.com dot com forward slash episode zero three one thanks so much for listening if you like this content please forward to others who might enjoy it as well and talk to you next time